My first boyfriend was in first grade. His name was Michael. We went into the corner of the school and held hands and kissed. After a glorious week, we parted ways amicably. You could call it a conscious uncoupling. He married a friend of mine a week later in a beautiful playground ceremony. I was there, and I was happy for them. Marianne's first boyfriend isn't as frivolous as mine, but I'm not sure how typical Marianne's first boyfriend experience is to others. I've heard horror stories from my fellow women. Their first boyfriend treated them like shit, or cheated on them, or married other dumb things teenage, and let's be honest, adult, boys do to girls. This book and Logan had me in its clutches, right up until the end, when Logan lost me with one cliché. This is rereading my childhood. The Babysitter's Club number 10. Logan Likes Marianne. The Babysitter's Club number 10, Logan Likes Marianne, starts with a recap, like on X-Men, the animated series when Cyclops told that Storm is missing and with the Morlocks. Previously, on The Babysitter's Club, Dawn has a secret passage. Christy's mom got married. Claudia's grandmother, Mimi, had a stroke. Complete with Marianne mentioning Mimi's accent. It's not that big a deal, Martin. This coming from someone whose mother has an accent. Stacy had a crush. During the last BSC meeting before 8th grade, the girls gush over a 16 magazine, a parody of 17 magazine, with Cam Geary, Marianne's object of affection, on the cover. Apparently, young Geary is dating a 14-year-old girl with the ludicrous name Corey Lalik. She's too old for him, Stacy protested. Yeah, Lalik, get out of here, you old maid. Make way for Stacy and the other 12-year-olds. Marianne carefully takes his poster out of the magazine and does something utterly disgusting with it on the first day of 8th grade. My lunch money was in my purse. The photo of Cam Geary was folded and ready to be displayed in my locker. That was what the gum was for. You're not allowed to tape things up in the lockers of Stony Brook Middle School, so a lot of kids get around that rule by sticking them up with bits of freshly chewed gum. Ugh, God, that's worse than tape. It's just tape. I'd rather have tape and tape residue than bits of chewed up gum straight from some tween's maw. Stony Brook Middle School should reevaluate their tape policy. At lunch, the BSC sit together, a departure from their desperate seventh grade arrangement. This is where Marianne meets her Romeo. I saw Trevor Sanborn, one of Claudia's old boyfriends from last year. I saw the Shillaber twins, who used to sit with Christy and Don and me. They were sitting with the only set of boy twins in the school. For a moment, I thought I had double vision. I saw Eric and Shauna from Homeroom, and then I saw Cam Geary. I nearly spit out a mouthful of milk. Stacy, I whispered after I managed to swallow. Cam Geary goes to our school, look! All my friends turned to look. Where? Where? That boy, said Stacy, smiling. That's not Cam Geary. That's Logan Bruno. He's new this year. He's in my Homeroom and my English class. I talked to him during Homeroom. He used to live in Louisville, Kentucky. He has a southern accent. I didn't care what he sounded like. He was the cutest boy I'd ever seen. He looked exactly like Cam Geary. I was in love with him. And because Stacy already knew so much about him, I was jealous of her. What a way to start the year. Marianne falls into infatuation at first sight. Love at first sight is a farce. Love comes from respect and admiration, but I'll rant about that some other time. Even though Marianne is jealous of Stacy at first, the jealousy recedes quickly and there's never a moment of competition over a boy between the friends. I love that. However, I don't love Stacy's other ideas in the book, and I don't love Logan Bruno. After Christy advertises during a PTA meeting, the BSC is inundated with too many jobs and they can't handle all the new business. Logan offers his services. He has experience in his hometown. 
During his first meeting with the BSC, one of the girls mentions a bra, and the mere mention of an undergarment sends the BSC and Logan into conniptions of ridiculous proportion. It's just a word. It's just a bra. And it's not that big a deal, even if you are in 8th grade. It's broken up when the BSC sends Logan on a trial run with a new client, Muriel Radowski and her child Jackie. Marianne is sent to supervise Logan's babysitting prowess. Jackie is an energetic kid who likes grasshoppers. While he runs to get his grasshopper, Marianne and Logan have a moment together. I gazed at the walls of the Radowski's living room. They were covered in the boys' artwork, professionally framed. Logan wandered over to one of the pictures, a house formed by a red square with a black triangle sitting on top of it, a green line below indicated grass, a blue line above indicated sky. A yellow sun peeked out of the corner. Well, what do you know? said Logan. We got a painting just like this at our house. Only it says Logan at the bottom, not Jackie. All these years, I thought it was an original. Okay, Logan, that was funny. Keep this charm up and I'll understand why you stick around for the rest of the series. He kills it on one cliche. Jackie tries to do a pull-up on the shower curtain rod, which goes as well as expected. Then the kid spills juice, and then he gets his hand stuck in his grasshopper jar. Logan handles all these situations as well as the rest of the BSC. He ends his evaluation by remarking to Marianne, You have a pretty smile. Logan, you've done this before, haven't you? I'm telling you, this close to full charm. This close. The next chapter is a handwriting chapter starring Claudia, sitting for Mariah and Gabby, Gabbers Perkins. I've said it before and I'll say it again, Gabbers is my favorite nickname. Claudia watches Gabby for a few hours and then has to pick up Mariah at the bus stop. Claudia gets the idea to take Chewy, the Perkinson's huge dog, with them. He gets loose, and we get a string of cameos from the BSC regulars. Jamie Newton joins the chase. Mimi tries to catch the dog. Charlotte Johansson helps out. The dog ends up in the Perkinson's backyard, but not without stealing a traffic cone. During the next BSC meeting, the group discusses Logan's potential admission into the club. They force Marianne to call him. He won't join the club, but he does invite Marianne to the Remember September dance. September Remembrance is a big issue, and I'm glad the Stony Brook Middle School wants to raise awareness to September. Stacy sits for Charlotte, and after a reading of Happy Birthday to You by Dr. Seuss, Charlotte encourages Stacy to throw a surprise party for Marianne. Really, Stacy, a surprise party? You invite all of Marianne's friends to come at one time, and you invite Marianne for half an hour later. Then everybody hides in the dark, and when Marianne comes over, you switch the lights on. Charlotte made a great flourish with her hand, and everybody jumps out and yells, Surprise! I know how surprise parties work, Charlotte. Marianne hates surprises, crowds, and attention. Stacy should know that a surprise party is the worst idea, especially since the idea came from an eight-year-old. The BSC takes Marianne to the mall to get a new outfit for the dance, complete with an insane skirt. Then Claudia handed me a full white skirt with the words Paris, Rome, and London and stretchy pink and blue pictures of the Eiffel Tower, the Tower Bridge, and other stuff scrawled all over it. She matched it up with a pink shirt and a baggy pink sweater. I would have never, ever tried on that skirt, but with the shirt and sweater, it looked really cool. Her father drops the girls off at the school at, quote, exactly 7.25. I joined my friends and we walked to the gym in a noisy bunch. We were all smoothing our hair and picking lint from our clothes and fussing with our jewelry. I thought we made a pretty good looking group. We'll see about that, Marianne. Claudia was wearing short, tight-fitting black pants and a big white shirt that said Bebop all over it between pictures of rock and roll dancers. She had fixed a floppy blue bow in her hair. Short pants, like bicycle shorts, I think. Stacy was wearing a white t-shirt under a hot pink jumpsuit. A jumpsuit? A hot pink jumpsuit? 
Don and Christy looked more casual. Don was wearing a green and white oversized sweater and stretchy green pants. Well, matchy matchy. Christy was wearing a white turtleneck shirt under a pink sweater with jeans. We just couldn't seem to get her out of her blue jeans. Okay, so she looks like a normal person. If I saw these girls, I think they were having a field day from the Institute of the Fashionably Insane and Christy was their handler. Logan meets Marianne at the dance. They dance and Marianne's shoe flies off her foot. She runs away crying and embarrassed. That's the end of the dance, I suppose. The next chapter is about Christy and Don watching Karen, Andrew, and Dave and Michael. The other babysitters are busy for various reasons, so Christy is forced to either hang out with Don or spend the night alone. She chooses the former. A fight breaks out over a game of memory. What is memory? Asks no one. Good thing Marianne is here to explain it. I guess I should explain how memory is played. It's very simple. The game consists of a big stack of cards. On each is a picture, and each card has one and only one matching card. The cards are laid out face down. The players take turns turning two cards over. If someone gets a pair, he or she goes again. When all the cards have been matched up, the winner is the one with the most pairs. Simple, right? I know how memory works, Marianne. I went to public school. Then there's some phone tag involving Marianne, Stacy, Logan, and Mr. Spears' 10 minutes per call rule. He'd be one of those parents who would let his daughter have a cell phone, but it had to be a feature phone, and the only number programmed into it was his. Marianne shows up at Stacy's party, and our protagonist sees her classmates doing various things, including this one. Alan Gray had put yellow M&Ms in his eyes and was going around telling the boys he was little orphan Annie. That, that's it? Okay, I, I don't understand the reference. Was little orphan Annie known for having yellow eyes? Charlotte Johansson explained surprise parties, and Marianne explained memory. Why didn't we get an explanation on what yellow eyes have to do with little orphan Annie? Googling little orphan Annie and yellow eyes does not garner any information. Marianne is having a pretty okay time, but it all goes down in flames, even for the reader. First of all, Logan says something misogynist and shitty. I was into him. I understood what Marianne saw in him. I thought, yeah, this guy deserves to be a consistent side character with his own spinoff books. Then he ruined it. If you could just open up more, I mean, the way you are right now, people would have a much easier time getting to know you. I almost didn't ask you to the dance, you know. Why did you ask me? Because you're different from the other girls. More something. More what? I asked, puzzled. I really wanted to know. If you think I'm going to stop doing this accent, you're wrong. If there is a southern accent to be had, I will be doing a southern accent. More serious. Not serious like some old professor, but serious about people. You listen to them and understand them and take them seriously. People like to be taken seriously. It makes them feel worthwhile. But you have a sense of humor, too, which is nice. The only thing is, sometimes you're too sensitive. I really wasn't sure things would work out between us. I've always been sensitive, I told him. Fuck you, Logan. I thought you were cool. Now you're just like every other shitty boy. These are the reasons this passage sucked. Number one, he's trying to tell her how to be more appealing to everyone else. It's none of his business why she won't open up to others. And if she doesn't want to, she doesn't have to. You need to accept that. Number two, you're not like other girls is misogynistic and pits women against each other. Girls have traits that are different and the same. Girls are human beings, just like boys, and come in a spectrum of personalities. Number three, this also implies that others could never be sensitive, which is just not true. Number four, 
Don't otherize a girl, pulling her away from the sisterhood, separating her power. And don't pull out a desirable trait and convince her that other girls don't have that trait. What is wrong with you? And number five, finally, he tries to change her. So what if Marianne is too sensitive? It's who she is. He needs to accept her for who she is, good traits and bad ones. And when did you, teenage boy, become the all-knowing eye of what's wrong with people? How would you like it if someone criticizes you? You know what's wrong with you, Logan Bruno. You're a judgmental, manipulative child who should just grow up. Some girls wear bras. It's just an article of clothing. Girls are people and come with strengths and weaknesses. Deal with it. Some girls are sensitive and serious. Some aren't. Some girls are sensitive and playful. Did I just blow your mind? Boy, bye. End of rant. To make things worse, Stacy brings out a cake and forces everyone to sing Happy Birthday at Marianne. That preposition is a deliberate choice on my part. No one sings that song with or to someone. They sing it at someone. Strangers sing that oral abortion at a victim. I don't blame Marianne when she runs away. She has every right to. Stacy knows that Marianne doesn't like crowd surprises and attention, but she still went through with this disastrous plan. You're being inconsiderate, Stacy. Marianne runs home, and the next day she convinces her father to buy her a cat. I get her a cat, too, and make Stacy pay for it as reparation for being a bad friend. Of course, Marianne apologizes to Stacy for being too sensitive about the party. Marianne has nothing to apologize for. Happy birthday sucks. Strangers singing it is worse. Attending your friend's party is fine. You can fade into the background, but when the party is suddenly about you, it's terrible. In the end, the BSC throws her the party they should have thrown. Logan joins the BSC as an associate member. He isn't required to attend the meetings, but they call him when they need another sitter, and he and Marianne find a cat at the shelter and name it Tigger after the tiger in Winnie the Pooh. Marianne could be bothered to explain the reference to Tigger, but not Little Orphan Annie? So kids in the early 90s are supposed to know what Little Orphan Annie is, but not Winnie the Pooh, because I was a kid in the early 90s, and I understood one of those, but not the other. I wanted to enjoy this book. I really did. Marianne is my favorite BSC member and still is despite this book. I wanted to like Logan. I liked his humor at the beginning of the book, but just like most men, the second I let him in, he lets me down with some misogynistic comment meant to drive a wedge between me and the sisterhood while insisting it's a compliment. If that was Martin's intent, then she did a good job, but Marianne should have dumped his ass. However, I don't think that's what Martin was trying. Marianne doesn't dump him, and he gets two spin-off books of his own. Marianne is still my favorite, but I question her taste in boys. Do better, Logan. Prove to me why you deserve to be with the best babysitter. You have a hundred or so books to do it.